podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, Tammy, the underdog, Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. So I figured, I, I figured out something. I figured out something. You ready? Uh, okay, what'd you figure out? First off, I am opening an online service for people to date midgets. And my tagline is going to be, take two. They're small. It's going <laughs> to... <laughs> but it's not going to be like FarmersOnly.com. What's it going to be called? You don't have to be lonely at LittlePeople.com. Take two. <laughs> They're small. You're so dumb. That's terrible. I'm going to burn in hell for this shit. You are. I've I told you many times, there's no redeeming you, and you don't even try it anymore. <laughs> <coughs> you should see the emails between Todd Colep and I when it comes to midgets, because he's just... He's flabbergasted and just amazed that I was married to a midget and got tons of midget sex. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> All right. But so yeah. we're going to jump into part four of the werewolf syndrome so we can yeah. wrap this son bitch up. Yeah. Well, and then in part four, it gets more into like the sadistic serial killer modern. Well, I guess you could say modern day because it's like 80s, 90s type section, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, as opposed to the people that were persecuted for being quote unquote werewolves. Make sense? Makes sense, man. Okay. Now the first one, now we already covered this case. Um, this is the um we covered this case on episode one sixty eight on March 9th, twenty twenty two, and it's the monster of Florence. Yes. Um, yeah, that they this person you know, because they've never been caught, stopped killing in 1985 after 32 victims had died over a period of 17 years. Most of them were killed during the full moon. Okay? This person seemed obsessed with couples in cars on deserted streets who were, you know, let's face it, out there having sex. Um, All of them were shot through the window, and then the females themselves were mutilated. In some cases, some of those cases, we talked about it, how their sex organs or their breasts were actually removed with what they thought was a scalpel. Now, the first incident was in 1968, where a man and his mistress were shot while they were near a cemetery. Now, the woman was married, so her husband was actually tried and convicted of the crime. He confessed, but then retracted his confession, and nobody believed that he didn't do it. Because he had a motive, means, and opportunity, right? And when the police actually went to his house to question him on the day after the murder, he was actually leaving with a suitcase. So they thought, oh, he's jumping, you know, jumping ship and getting the hell out of here, right? Then... It was six years after that, on September 14, 1974, another couple was shot outside Florence, and the ballistics matched the same Beretta used in that first murder. These are shootings. How the hell does this relate to a goddamn werewolf? You'll see here, Scott. Tell me. Because after the people were killed, first of all, it relates to a werewolf because it happened during full moon. Okay, there's that. A lot of crazy shit happens during the full moon. I think it was a full moon on 4th of July when that old lady flashed me her tits and before I could say no. Is there a full moon every day your neighbor's out? <laughs> oh, oh, don't even get me started on her. Oh, my God. You know, I don't scare very easily, okay? However, this particular neighbor, that old lady, scares 
the bejeebers out of me. Especially when she rubs your butt and looks in your eyes, deep in your eyes, and says, I like you too, Scotty. I had nightmares about that <laughs> shit, and I had to talk to my therapist for a long time. <laughs> but anyways, after they, these people are shot, the women are then mutilated. Okay, now the woman in this instance, in the 1974 instance, was stabbed 96 times after being shot to death. Yeah, that's a lot. So again, years went by before another incident was linked to this offender. In 1981, a couple was killed and the woman's genitals were mutilated. Her vagina had been cut out and removed. But then he stepped up his pace. In 83, using the same gun, he actually killed a pair of homosexual men. But they weren't mutilated. And people are speculating that he made a mistake thinking that they were a male-female couple. And then after they were dead, he realized that the guy with the longer hair was actually a male. Oh, my God. He's got a schlong. Oy right. Babe. So after the last couple was murdered in 85, with the man chased down and the woman horribly cut up, an assistant DA received an envelope containing strips of skin from the breast of the female that had been removed after she was shot. So it was clear to them at that point that this, this killer was playing games. So over the years since 1968, the investigators had questioned more than 100,000 people. Remember we had talked about that? Yep. And then during the early 1900s, they identified a guy by the name of Pietro Pacciani. He was a 68-year-old farmer, and he had a hobby in taxidermy. And Just he had a small town boy. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stuffing them. <laughs> so Stuffing he- them in South Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> he had actually served a prison term for stabbing and stomping a man to death already. And he'd also sexually molested his own daughters and was involved in an occult group, allegedly. Now, despite his claims of innocence and only slightly circumstantial evidence, he was convicted of for seven of those murders. But then he was freed on appeal. Um, he had two associates, Mario Vanni and Giancarlo Lotti, who were arrested and convicted for their part in five of the murders. And even though Pacciani was supposed to go on trial again, before he could, he died of a drug overdose. So technically those murders are unsolved. But the fact that they occurred under a full moon and were carried out in what to be a bestial frenzy with the stabbings and the mutilations, the press and the law enforcement have described them as being savage, wolf-like, animalistic behaviors. So then we have not all serial killers who get the moniker werewolf, actually behave like one. Michael Lupo of London liked that his name meant wolf. He was even referred to as the Wolfman. But his murders involved strangulation. Then there's the werewolf of San Francisco, William Johnson. And he went, hi, guys. Ow. Ow, God. I'm, I'm the werewolf of San Francisco. <laughs> he, he used a yes, straight razor to kill three victims during the 30s. You know, it's really weird. He's in San Francisco and he's using anything straight. <laughs> razor or otherwise. Jesus Christ. You're so, so dumb. Dis- so disgusting. Quit using straight things. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a city of brotherly love. Just saying. Hey, Is sailor, that Philadelphia? I don't know, but I know I see a sailor over there. Are you in Scorpio? <laughs> Dang me. <laughs> Looking good. You must work out. Oh, my God. Since he dragged... <laughs> I hate you. He, he used a straight razor to kill his victims, but rather than ripping... Uh, 
other than ripping him apart in a frenzy. Since he dragged him along their bodies several times, the results had the appearance of claw marks. So two victims had been prostitutes, and one was actually his wife. Not all werewolves, quote werewolves, actually killed. In London, Bill Ramsey first experienced a strange sensation and its accompanying foul odor when he was nine years old. He began thinking of himself as a wolf and to experience rage-filled compulsions in the form of seizures that actually made him snap and bite at people. Sounds more like shit in your pants, to be honest. Strange (laughs) feeling, odd smell. That's what it sounds like. Weird. Apparently, this pain and these seizures like lasted into his adulthood, but he was able to keep it under control until 1983. That's when he went to the hospital, and as he was being treated, he lunged out and bit a nurse. Then he ran to a corner, crouched on all fours like a wolf, and he growled at anybody who came near him. I do that before coffee, so I don't see anything wrong with that. I know you do. So the police arrived to take him into custody and several people had to grab and restrain him until a sedative could be administered from there he was taken to a psychiatric institution and it was not clear what should be done with him um that's when demonologist ed and lorraine warren got involved okay they proposed that he was possessed by quote werewolf demon and needed to be exercised not exercises and walked, but no, they know. walked him on a treadmill. <laughs> they they played fetch with him in a little bit of frisbee. Um, he had to jump over, you know, some some hurdles, That's things right. like that. And they're like, "Good boys, I guess I am." Yes, I am. I am. And go through the tunnel and the you know the slalom. Yeah, he was AKC and, and CKC registered after that. Yeah, you know, he quit peeing on people. I still do that. I still I I suffer from wolfism, you know. And occasionally, I just got to pee on somebody. You just got to lift your leg and pee. Yep. Yeah. So, with the family's permission, Ed and Lorraine Warren actually invited Bishop Robert McKenna to perform the exorcism. They all gathered in Connecticut for the ritual, and they had four police officers there just in case it got out of hand. Now, it's said that Ramsey had such great strength, they feared what would happen should he become possessed, break free, and escape. During the ceremony, a crucifix was applied to parts of his body while the priest recited Latin incantations. Now, Ramsley apparently thought the ritual was bogus before it began, but supposedly the bishop said he recognized the demon spirit inside the man. The ritual lasted for half an hour as the bishop commanded the demon to leave. The officers restrained Ramsey when he tried to attack the bishop, but eventually, as described in the book written by the Warrens, where werewolf he experienced a force leaving his body supposedly he found peace from the demons and was free thereafter now it's not clear whether there was much follow-up with him or not afterwards but he did generally believe he was he was cured the ceremony might merely have had a powerful psychological effect on him and he might have come to believe strongly enough in his religious purification that he was able to go on with his life um however that is not the case with another beast-like serial killer in history. Um, and it actually did take a bullet to finally end his curse. And we talked about this guy before, too. In 1990, the Russian government announced the capture of a man wanted for nearly a decade for mutilating murder and murdering dozens of women and children. Um, this guy was dubbed the Maniac, and his murders were first noticed in 1982 with three corpses found in the wooded area. Now, the authorities 
officially treated them as unrelated incidents, but the style of savagery was so familiar in three cases, it was quite unusual. So they did start believing, hey, maybe we have a serial killer here. Now, one girl, on girls and women, this offender would gouge the breasts and destroy the vagina, uterus, and bladder, or their abdomen. On boys, he would mutilate the penis, the scrotum, and the anus. And once he even chewed out a tongue, right? A few early victims were also stabbed through the eyes. So it was clear that this guy had a signature. I only have eyes for you. The only bad part is, is the Russian law enforcement technology at the time was so archaic, they couldn't really run a proper investigation. They were able to determine that the killer had type AB blood, which helped to eliminate some suspects. But they were forbidden from publicizing the murders to get public assistance. Um, the more, it, and even though this guy was, you know, Victor Burakov, that's a Russian name. Um, he was influenced by the FBI's behavioral science program to get psychiatric, you know, ask psychiatrists for help. And another Russian guy, Bukhanovsky, Alexander Bukhanovsky, agreed to develop a report. He said the killer was between 25, 50 years old. That's a wide range there. He thought he suffered from sexual inadequacy and may have blinded his victims to prevent them from looking at them. He was a sadist and had difficulty getting relief without using cruelty. I love some of the FBI's descriptions of what they think the suspect looks like. Okay. Yeah. Boys and girls, we're looking for a suspect anywhere between 15 and 95 years uh-huh. old. He's, white male. <laughs> he's going to be a white or brown male. Um, he's going to be between five foot tall and six foot nine. <laughs> uh, he might have blonde hair or curly, short brown hair. You don't know. Um, we don't know. He could have blonde. He could have blue eyes, brown or hazel. But he might be wearing an eye patch or not. But they're definitely eyes. But they're definitely eyes, and we're pretty sure that he has ears, both of them. Now I know this is yeah yeah. Somebody drop a sketch because that's who we're looking for. Yeah. Draw draw it up, I promise you. Draw that so, stuff up. He might be driving a car or walking. <laughs> Maybe bicycle. We don't know. Yeah, he could. We don't know. But Horse. then again, he might he might change it up and he might take the bus. We don't know. <laughs> but definitely one of those modes of transportation. <laughs> yeah. Something. So now the the police were suspecting that this killer was actually choosing his victims at train station. So he posted, uh, the detective posted undercover officers to keep watch. This actually proved to be a right move. At one occasion, a man by the name of Andre Chikatilo, remember him? Mm-hmm. That fucking weird ass crazy man. How can I forget him? I, I mean, I, he I... was so brutal and then tried to like act so crazy in court. Remember how he like stripped off all his clothes and said, you think that this raped somebody? It doesn't even work. Remember <laughs> yep. that? I, I liked him. Personally, it was, yeah. it was a good episode. So he had previously been interrogated but released. Um, when, but he was seen at this train station coming out of the woods. There were twigs on his coat and a red smear on his tree, cheek. And not far away, they found another victim. What if, I, I think it may have been a brown smear in his it, pants. It might have been. Might have been. In his pants. Yeah. yeah. So Chikatilo was detained for questioning. He refused to admit anything. When it appeared that they might have to release him, they brought in the psychiatrist. He recognized that this Chikatilo was the type of man he had described in his report. So he read his report 
to the suspect. Well, and he's definitely between five, five foot tall and six foot nine. That fits, too. Well, and he has hair and ears. So well, he said go. the killer is between 25 and 50 and six dealers 54. But whatever. But um, he had both of his eyes. He did have both of his eyes. Yes. And he had hair and ears. Mm-hmm. And he walked, drove a car and or took the train. So that's right. Spot on. Spot, spot on. on. So apparently while he was reading this narrative, Chicka Taylor broke down and said, Told him everything he had done. He said that his first murder occurred in 78 when he grabbed a nine-year-old girl and tried to rape her. When he couldn't achieve an erection, he used a knife as a substitute and killed her. Then he became obsessed with reliving the crime. In 81, he killed a vagrant girl looking for money, biting off and swallowing her nipple. And when he cut her open, he found sexual relief. So he took her sex organs with him. Wait a minute. If he bit off her nipple... Does that make those titter tots? You're so Just bad. asking for a friend. Just asking for a friend. Don't <laughs> judge me. so bad. Just asking. Titter tots. Now, he, he was very, at, I mean, he was very forthcoming when he said that the stabbings that he performed on the women were in, in place of sexual intercourse because he could not perform. He couldn't get it up. So over the years, it become more depraved, but he couldn't stop. He said with the male victims, he had a different effect. He would fantasize they were his captives and that torturing and mutilating them made him a hero. And he also admitted that he participated in cannibalism. One time he said that he removed a uterus, placed his semen inside it, and then chewed on it as he walked away. Mmm, yummy. I, that's, that's what I want as a snack. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. A semen-filled uterus? Ugh. I know. Kind of grosses me out. Kind of me, too. But the whole thing, he said, the cries, the blood, the agony gave me relaxation and pleasure. In the end, he admitted to 56 murders, although there was corroboration for only 53, 31 females, and 22 males. But honestly, does it matter? I know those I mean, last seriously. three. But well, hey, hey, you're lying because we can only you, we can only verify fifty three. But you said fifty six, dude. Right. Once you get past ten, dude, yeah, you're it's you, horrible. After that, I think that for every ten, you should be. Uh, if you say twelve, they should go fine. Twelve, you know. Now, if you go, we verify yeah. ten. And you're like Henry Lee Lucas, and you go like I got eight million fucking victims. <laughs> That's different. But if uh, why sit there and go ha ha ha? We caught you in like no, no, you didn't. Uh, you, you just didn't find the fucking bodies, jackass. Yeah. Fucking fifty three, man. He should be able to say I have sixty five, seventy, and they should. You know what? It's it's within range. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. Within range. Exactly. Bitch over three fucking victims, well, dumbasses. Right. Well, and it, it's like really. <laughs> Makes no sense. But then, so when they tried to understand the nature of this, this, I mean, and there's only one way to describe him. He was a monster. His crimes, the psychologist began to, like, look into his childhood and everything else to find out where the source of anger and hatred from. And it turns out he was a lonely child. He was mocked for his clumsiness and sensitivity. He was a small person, you know, smaller child, so, you know. He couldn't fight back, so he would just, like, stuff all that anger inside and fantasize about ways to torture those who were tormenting him. Now, he did have a first sexual experience later as an adolescent, but he, what happened was is he ended up ejaculating as he struggled with the 10-year-old friend of his sister. So it was like that, that um, 
he called it erotic wrestling, which I look at it more like an attempted rape. Now I'm going to start calling it that with every chick I'm with now, <laughs> erotic wrestling. Yeah. So he said that he had difficulty achieving an or- erection unless he like performed in some sort of brutality. Added to that were the frequent humiliations that he also received from women due to his lack of performance and size, including his mother and his wife. Um, so all of that. Whoa, anger- whoa, 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 whoa. Back up the fucking bus. His performance and size is his mother's complaint? His mother complained about the fact that he was... Well, she humiliated him, calling him a small man. I don't know if she humiliated for his performance. I thought you meant it was like his pecker size. How would mom even know that? Like, seriously. No. Because, like, I'm close with my kids, okay? I can't tell you how big my son's penis is. Because last time I saw it, I changed his diaper. And that was it. You know, just like I can't tell you anything... About, you know, any of my kids and their genitalia. Why? Because if I'm not changing their diaper or giving them a bath as a, as a baby, it's a child where they can't bathe themselves, not as an adult. Um, yeah, uh-huh. You bathed fucking... him just the other day. Shut up. I was there. No, I'm kidding. If I ever bathed, Jacob would be with a hose in the backyard going, okay, <laughs> motherfucker, you didn't take a shower two days in a row. You get this. Spraying your ass down. <laughs> Spraying you down and throwing borax on you. Yuck. So anyways, his beast of savagery and cannibalism was also, may have been a Associated with incidences that he was exposed to growing up. Because, you know, in the early part of the 20th century, after Stalin had crushed private agricultural concerns, the Soviet Union went through widespread famines. Now, there is one story out there that his mother told him he had an older brother who had killed and eaten as a child. Nobody knows if that story was true, but for some reason, he believed it. Now, the government, the courts found him sane. And convicted him of multiple murders and similarly he was executed. He was, you know, firing range, by the way. Now, the authorities did not find him worthy of further study. Yet, like other modern day killers, he's rare. The more we learn about his fantasies and delusions from both violent and nonviolent people, the better we may be able to help them and treat them with medication. Now, some have responded, but some have also revert, you know, by reverting back to their human forms. You know, because, but you and I both know that if given the right medication, if there really is a mental disease, they will norm, they will like revert back to normal. But here's the problem with medications, okay? And you and I both those. Oh, yeah, it's hit and miss. Yeah, nobody can say, no, you don't just get blood drawn and they go, okay, well, the the perfect medication for you is Paxil or it's Prozac or it's this or that. It's hit and miss. They go, okay, let's try, like, I'm on Wellbutrin. Wellbutrin is tried and true and it's got a great history with low side effects. And it works for me. I just say, I can't take it. However, yeah, you and several other people I've talked to can't take it because it has it like makes them more depressed or it makes them violent. Violent, or, angry. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's got an array of side effects on certain people. So mm-hmm. that's not what you need for your serotonin. Maybe Paxil works better for your Prozac, uh, something like that. So it's, it's hit and miss. Right. And that's, that's my whole point with that. Carry well, on. No, no. And actually, I'm kind of done now. But I mean... What they, what basically this whole article, I mean, these stories that I found relates to that, and you and I talked about it, and I did concede your point that back in the early days, that there were so many similar stories from in ancient times, you know, from cultures that didn't communicate with each other. So there had to have been something there. And then you went through that period where I call them the Catholic Crusades, where they were just persecuting anybody and everybody just because they wanted them to believe in the one true religion. Um, 
And then it's like, so that kind of like fell to the wayside. But then you did give way to these savage beasts who did kill people. And it was with such <laughs> frenzy and brutality that it was like bestial in nature. Right, know? right, right. So, yeah. So that's why I found this whole like series kind of interesting because you have the different aspects of it. But um, now my question for and I know we asked this already one time, but. Do you believe that, and I'm not saying just moon cycles or whatever, but do you, do you believe that there are people out there who could be like possessed or whatever by a supposed werewolf demon? I believe that there's demons out there and they can oh, possess people. Oh, I do people. too. Because I've seen some shit in my time. Yeah. Um, in my travels around the world, um, except for Australia because they have giant man-eating spiders. Um, they do. But, uh, and boxing <laughs> kangaroos. Kangaroos scare me worse than the spiders do after seeing that one kangaroo fucking in the water and that capybara just swimming by just say, hey, how's it going? I'm having a good day. And the kangaroo is just all like, like reaches over nonchalantly and drowns him. Just drowns him. I don't yeah. know reason. The capybara didn't do crap to him and didn't flip him off. It didn't talk about his mother. Nothing. Just, I'm off for a swim. Yay. I see yeah. you and you have a good day. And the kangaroo is like, you just need to die because well, why not? Right. Because it's, it's just your day. But um, I, but I digress. But I've, I've, I've seen enough weird shit not to discount demon possession. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. I, I mean, we talked about this with the, Reg, the Richard Trenton Chase case. And if anybody ever deserved to have the insanity defense, it was him. Totes. And the fact that he was denied that, it just, it actually made me sad. <laughs> Because there are some people that truly, truly have a mental illness that I believe under the right circumstances, they could be not cured from, but normalized. Right, exactly. Like At least, you know, not everybody needs to be in prison for the rest of their life. For example, some of Richard Trenton Chase, he was one of them. Yes. I, I firmly believe that if he was hospitalized, given therapy and the right mm-hmm. course of medication... And taught new skills. And that's the thing, because I'm a violent person by nature. Right. But I have taken enough classes and and found the right program for me that taught me different life skills so that while I'm still violent, and that's my first go-to, like the first thing I want to do is fucking be violent as shit in anything. I have the ability to normally step back, get my thoughts together, and then reapproach it without bringing the, uh, the aspect of violence. Right into it you know now does that mean i don't yell and scream no no i do i get pissed off i get pissed the fuck off and i will raise my voice i try not to. i don't know i never <laughs> well i try not to you know i try to get take care of everything civilly. I was say, you and i have had some good screaming matches that's true you tend <laughs> to piss me off by breathing but um <laughs> but i digress well you know <laughs> but yeah you know so i I think that, honestly, even to this day, that there's people in prison that shouldn't be there. They, they should be in a hospital. Yes. Being rehabilitated. And yes. Yeah. Are you going to be right 100% of the time if you hospitalize them? No. That's impossible. Right. But what if we could limit the prison population by a third and right. rehabilitate most of them so that way there when they get out, they've got this new, beautiful set of skills and a, and, a, and a support system. Like, have a way they can call in, you know, when, when you feel like the pressures are, are getting into you. Right. Because, like, okay, I've said this before. I have access to superb health care. Why? Yes. I can fucking afford it. But 
What about, okay, let's take my neighbors. You know who I'm talking about, not the Mexicans. Oh, no, Psycho Sally. Yeah. They live on a very, very limited income. They don't have the same health care that I've got. So if they needed psychiatric care or something like that, they're relying on the state. Right. So what about people like them? Where's the resources? Right. If we had better resources for people who got out of prison that are in that same situation. Right. I think that it would make a hell of a lot of difference. Werewolf or not. Ow, werewolf oh, psychology. Well, see, and I mean, I, I know we haven't covered him because his case was very sensationalized. But Edmund Kemper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because when he was a teenager, he killed his grandparents. Right. Went to jail for a while. Was was being released was told, do not release him back to the custody of his mother. And they released him back to the custody of his mother. And we all know that she was not a very good mother. Um, I don't believe, I mean, and this is just me speaking, I don't believe he would have gone on to kill all those co-eds if he hadn't been released back to her. I agree. I agree. You know. But if we're going to go with him, we're going to go to one of my favorites, Carol Cole. Oh, him he too, yes. knew that he had a problem. Knew he, he had a problem. sought out... Yes. And actually told the psychiatrist, if you release me, I'm going to kill somebody. Yes. And what they do. I mean, we, we, we have the extreme on one side where he showed up and said, hey, look, I'm going to kill somebody. I need help right now. And they said, "Um, here's a bus ticket to San Diego. Yeah. You need to get out of here. And like, we don't care. Like, go mm-hmm. kill somebody, but just not here. And then you have the other extreme where he was hospitalized many a times. Yes. And uh, and then let go because, oh, he's he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Get out of here. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's literally telling people, if you release me right now, yes. I'm going to kill people. I am. Because then he killed I, somebody, told them he did it, and they're like, no, you didn't. Yeah, and that's, that's <laughs> the other thing. When he killed his, what, his, was his wife or his girlfriend? His wife. We wrapped her in the shower yeah. curtain and put her in the closet. In the closet. And, and they said it was natural death. She died of natural yeah. causes because she was an alcoholic. Yeah. But I think that's the biggest thing is is give people the right tools yeah. to deal with their problems. Like, I didn't have the right tools to deal with my shit. The whole reason why I took psychology in college wasn't so I could be a, a therapist. It was to fix me. Yeah. I have been trying to fix myself all my fucking life. Throughout high school, throughout college, throughout mo- most of my adulthood. And it wasn't until I hit, like, I would say, like, 40-ish, maybe a little bit before my 40th birthday... That I start to acquire these skills that I need right. and needed to kind of be happier in my life, deal with myself, and and, and start to, it's going to sound cliche, but heal myself from the inside out. Yeah, physician heal thyself, yes. Yeah. I know what you're saying. You know, um, to, to deal with a lot of my, my shit from my trauma from my childhood, to deal with my shitty parents. To deal with uh, my, my anger issues and how I react to things. And for, for to get through my thick fucking skull that at the end of the day, no matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody does, my reaction is my choice. Nobody's making me do it. Nobody's right. making I'm going to choose to do it, but right. nobody can make me do it. And exactly. once you learn that, it changes your fucking life. Yeah. And, and it's true. I mean, yeah, I just like, like I said, it's. You go from one extreme to the other, but we have I we have literally covered cases that I think you know what, given the right circumstances, I don't think they'd have done that. Correct. You know. Correct. So, but yes. So that's my that's the end of my werewolf one. But hello. Oh, I'm here. I'm just thought you're going to no. I was like, no, I'm done. It's what I said. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. I know you weren't. I'm rubbing my nipples. 
Why do you make me want to throw up? Because <laughs> I'm thinking of your mom, that's why. Ew. Okay. You know. Did you know I keep a picture of your mom in my, in my underwear? Oh, my God. I hate you. <laughs> I was just saying, you know, we were doing so well today. So well. <laughs> Remember, folks, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, wherever you get your blogs. Log on to the Facebook, the Book of Many Faces. Look for Citizens of Brutal Nation. Join our chat group, man. Hang out with us. I, I, we try to pose questions every day. It doesn't always work. It does, and sometimes we get really busy. Like, I've been busy this last week. Well, here's so. the thing. If you got a question, though, post it in the chat, man. Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah, we've had some of our chat members actually post questions that have been very interesting. Here's a, here's a tip for y'all. This is worldwide because we are distributed worldwide. We're very approachable. Very. Like, I might seem like an asshole, but I'm not going to like treat you like a dickhead or anything like that. I was going like to say, he kind of is, but he'll be nice to you. Well, yeah, you might, have a high, you might have a hot mom. Any hoosies. <laughs> That's all he cares about right there. Sexy. Oh, stop it. Uh, this show's copyright 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And remember, if you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show, they're lying, thieving bastards. We'll see you guys later on. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.